What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Rehumanizing Project from Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. Today's episode, we talked to J.G. Franklin about liberty. And in fact, his project called Liberty, the series. Send him an email after this and tell him that you are interested in what he is working on. Go to his website, which is in the show notes. We had a great conversation about really philosophy behind liberty, libertarianism, all those things. Talk, talk some Ayn Rand, talk some Mark Twain, talk some all kinds of great stuff. It was a very fun conversation where we, we really got to dig in deep, deep to the ideas of liberty. So hopefully you like it. Send him an email, go to his website, support the series that he is working on. Highly recommend you go do that. All that information is in the show notes. Let's get to the interview. My goal <laughs> is that we can deal with people that have different beliefs and not think that they're just terrible, evil people that want to have a million people to starve to death. You know, Bernie Sanders, I can't stand a single freaking thing he says. Do I think he wants to see 100 million people starve to death because of his policies? No, I don't think that. I think that that could be a... Uh, uh, that's a likely outcome from those types of policies, but I don't think he thinks that. Well, and it's not something, yeah, he maybe consciously wants, but yeah. he obviously ad not advocates it, but he doesn't mind that it happens. Yeah, and so uh, there's a difference between um, disagreeing very strongly with him and being uh, open, open-minded about that could be an outcome of his policies or <laughs> thinking that he is literally a vicious murderer out there that wants 100 million right. people to die. So there's, right. a two, there's two different ways I would think about someone when I'm, when I'm, when I'm talking about this. And so what, I'm, sure. what we want to get across on this show is you might be a— a libertarian that wants people to be able to take care of themselves and and take care of their own lives does that mean that you want uh, homeless people to starve to death in places because you uh, don't want you know not. so i don't <laughs> want someone on the other side to think this guy is obviously a, a selfish asshole who doesn't care about anyone else whatsoever right. um so that is the point of these conversations is is okay. why do we believe these things why is it better for other people why does me being a libertarian actually mean that I really care about other people? Yes, and, and so <laughs> absolutely. And, and, and that's, that's the funny thing. I've, every day in my life, I see, and I think this is the biggest problem because there are roots, right? There are layers of problems. And one of the biggest ones that I believe I notice, and I'm sure other people do too, but it's just a difficult one to solve, is this talking at cross purposes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Why? Because we're not defining objectively together what are we talking about? What are our definitions of the words we're using to describe those things or to or to to talk about them or whatever? No, it's automatically, boom, I'm talking over you, you're talking over me. You know, and, and this is the thing that's most frustrating to me because my TV series, this whole idea that I've been working on for the last you know three years, this idea is to try to get people to understand, look, I don't care about being right. It's not that I'm right, it's history mm -hmm. is right. Okay, and I wish people would stop thinking about no, no, no. I want to be right, or you're wrong. Well, we're both right, and we're both wrong in in probably in in different aspects. So let's stop working on that premise. Let's get to the objective part where we can both say no. We both want liberty. We think this is the best way to do it. Okay, let's compare notes. Hey, you know, you we actually agree on that. Great. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. History proves that both of us are wrong on this point. Blah blah blah. And work it out. In fact, I I was talking about this last week on the show. I don't. I don't want to be right about any of this. I want to yes. be wrong. Honestly, yes. I want, uh, as far as the future for everyone, I hope I'm wrong about this. And I'm, yes. I'm working every day 
to find out why I might be wrong. And, you know, gall darn it, I just can't find out why I might be wrong yet, but I hope I am. I really do. Yeah, I hope I hope we <laughs> yeah, are wrong. But history is proving us correct. I believe that there are I mean, it's you've heard the saying before where there are like three classes of people. There are the people on the what we call what whatever, we'll call it the far right, the far left. Yeah. Both of these are so stodgy, are so defined that they're never gonna agree. And then there's the third percentage, which apparently just wants to watch the word the world burn. Mm-hmm. Okay, I that's that's very pessimistic. I feel that way, though, but it's very pessimistic. But but my TV series, this idea that I believe not I, I'm not I'm not doing anything original, right? I'm just you know moving on through you know through history. Um, well, I mean, I am doing something original in a different way, but anyway, yeah. but the idea of, of of trying to get these these this third percentage of people who are neither this nor that, but they're you know centrally located, they understand what true liberty you know actually encompasses in, in many ways, and they really just want the best for not only themselves, because by wanting the best for yourself in a true liberty mind, you want the best for other people. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. and that is that that's something we've talked about in some of these uh, when when you want the best for yourself and you think that people should you want to be self-sufficient and even if you wanted to call it selfish in the Ayn Rand version of selfishness which is not a bad type of selfishness that not at all what is the other like the other idea is that you would have to everyone would have to always rely on everyone else and you could not take care of yourself you have to take care of other people and then that person mm-hmm. You know, you have to take care of that person because technically you just said that person's not allowed to take care of themselves. And so now you got to take care of them. And then they have to take yeah. care of someone else because if they just took care of that, themselves, then they'd be selfish. And so you create this no, society exactly. where everyone is dependent on someone else being uh, altruistic towards them. And that yeah, is which, the... which history proves never works. No, not at all. It will never work. It's a fundamental, universally proven flaw. There's, there's no, and that's that's what interests me most, right? Is this universality of everything? I don't know if you watched the trailer that I sent you. This is the trailer to my uh, oh, yeah, teaser yeah, yeah. To show. But this idea of look, I don't. Again, it's not about me being right. I just want to. Oh, oh, you know, I'm again, like you said. I hope I'm wrong, but history is showing that no, none of these collectivist ideas ever work. They're never good, right? No. And history proves that being selfish in the correct way, exactly like I say in my teaser, in the correct way, meaning I'm not going to make you responsible for me. Mm-hmm. I will be re- now. At some point, you and I can collaborate by all means, because as the saying goes, no man is an island unto himself. Okay, great. But it's all voluntary. It's like, no, this is going to work out. Okay, no, this is as far as I've gotten. This is this is as far as I need. Thank you so much. I'm going to partner with somebody else. Okay, great. I don't need that anymore either. And it's all about like Mark Twain. I even said, I'll, I'll summarize the quote. I'm not exactly sure. But this idea of strive not to become a man of riches, but strive to become a man of value. Right. And that's what is value. That's not values. That's not honesty, integrity. Obviously, those are good things. But what I'm, what I'm, it's not vir- virtues. It's value, utility to yourself and to your fellow man. And that is something that we all have to work. That's all that's all capitalism is. Or we could just say free market. But all it is is people uh, providing value to other people. And that's that's really all this. And and somehow that also gets branded as some kind some type of evil selfishness when you can only make money by providing value to other people. <laughs> Which makes no, no but sense. that's ridiculous. Because you only make money if you make people's lives better. I know. And it's selfish. How is that selfish? <laughs> 
That doesn't make it's any literally sense. the opposite of selfishness. <laughs> it literally is. Uh, before we get too deep into this, I can tell I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna love this conversation, and we we'll keep we'll keep peeling off the layers here. But just for right. the show, right. I need everyone to yeah. know <laughs> we didn't we just jumped right in. I need to know your uh, I need everyone to know your name and where you're from uh, and what you do sure. uh, for a living and 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 all that kind of stuff, just so we all know who we're okay. talking to. Sure. So my name is J.G. Franklin. That's my artistic name. I'm an actor from Washington State. I've been in Belo Horizonte, Brazil for the last nine years. I live mostly as an English teacher, but I have uh, done international and national um, projects. Uh, I'm working currently on a series. Of course, it's interrupted by the pandemic. Um, uh, I'm being uh, I'm participating in a series called The Angel of Hamburg, which is a very interesting story. Um, it's historically true um, uh, story. But anyway, that's my most recent project. But I've done national commercials, uh, national films, other international projects and things like that. So that's my dream. Of course, my TV series is all about that. I would be the protagonist, very much like Sylvester Stallone was Rocky. Totally different movies, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's my hope is to, um, with your help, thank you again for this opportunity, to uh, to promote that idea and hopefully get those those people who are on the fence, right, who are probably a large majority of the world, who truly understand, you know, liberty and 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 just like me, they feel maybe like you too. They just feel disillusioned. There's no way. There's no. There's no. Where's the end of the tunnel? My TV series is meant to be that first step to get us towards, you know, seeing the light and moving towards it. So the series is called Liberty. It actually got the title because in my home state of Washington, there is a liberty movement to create the 51st state, which is called Liberty. So that's where the the name comes from. Of course. Obviously, I like to play on words that it's liberty, the state of liberty, being in liberty as a you know. There's nice. lots of lots of you know uh, play on words. Your personal state of liberty. Yeah, and the idea is that the first two episodes would be fictional, with my protagonist quote unquote setting the stage. Mm-hmm. What's the world like? Embodying these this third percent right, or this third portion of the world who are disillusioned, who are just seeing a way out. Right, he kind of embodies that setting the stage. And then the next four episodes are featuring people like Dave Champion and his book, Income Tax Shattering the Myths. And then the last four episodes would focus on literally bringing essentially a new constitutional convention to create a new country, which is what free society is trying to do. And bringing it to the people in the four episodes would be a reality type of thing, right? Actually, the first, the last eight episodes. Yeah, because two would be fictional and the race would be essentially a, a reality format you know, featuring each of these guys that I've mentioned, as well as more. But then, you know, essentially recording this constitutional convention of, look, this is our, we've already purchased the land. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to arrange it. And not only take, obviously, influences from the U.S. Constitution, like they did from the French, you know, but from Frederick Bastiat, from, you know, all of these people who are, you know, leaders of the movement. Um, you know, G. Edward Griffin would be fantastic if he could be there, you know, speaking, what have you. I mean, the plan is just to bring all these minds together and say, look, we know historically what is fucking us up. What We know this doesn't work. Okay, let's figure out why it doesn't work, fix it. But as with, with this idea of limiting government only, that's what the Constitution is supposed to do. No idea, nothing towards limiting people. Let's limit the government as small as possible and as limited as possible and around this new nation. And then let's just let it go. And like Roger Ver says, very, very interesting. He, there's a video on YouTube about this introduction, which is at least two years old. But anyway, he says, even those who are absolutely against this whole idea should want to support it because this is an experiment, this idea of let's, and they, if they believe they're right, 
They're going to love it when we fail, Mm -hmm. when everything goes to pot, you know, whatever. So everybody should support this. Well, and, you know, what's interesting is you hear all the time, well, if you want all this stuff, you just need to leave and go start your own country. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, are you going to let me do that? Like, will you actually let me do it? (laughs) Sure. And that's that's exactly the premise. I think that no, of course, I'm an actor. I mean, I've, I've done quite a few jobs and I love TV. I love movies. But no other production that I can think of is doing quite that. They, they talk about histor- history, right? They, they have great entertainment, dystopian, you know, time portals and you know, all this kind of stuff. But nobody's moving beyond like, where is the light at the end of the tunnel? I see it. Okay, that's that. But now how do we get there? Yeah, yeah. So now getting on to, to, you, to you, the person, and we'll go back to, sure. we'll get to, uh, to business in the future uh, towards the end. Yeah. But have you always had these beliefs or did you transition to this at some point in time? Do you consider yourself a libertarian or what? I, I am very liberty minded. Unfortunately, yeah. libertarians, I think, are so divided that it's hard to say what libertarian is. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think is sad because, yeah. come on, people, we're working towards the same goal, aren't we? <laughs> you know, so no, I'm very liberty minded. My biggest transition came after I read Dave Champion's Income Tax Shattering Myth, which was just about the time I moved to Brazil. So 2011. Um, and he talks about he proves absolutely, you know, what the law really is the truly limited, uh, constitutionally limited scope of the income tax, who it actually applies to, that it doesn't apply to the vast majority of Americans living in the 50, you know, well, 48 contiguous, well, actually 48 contiguous states, because Alaska is not contiguous. Yeah. And then, um, you know, but but Hawaii, but yeah. live in that, you know, in that realm, um, are, never should have been paying income tax. And we've been lied to for the last 107 years. And the Federal Reserve was the biggest part of that. You know, G. Edward Griffin and his, you know, creature of Jekyll Island explains all that. What do you think would happen if all of the people who had the simple belief that human beings own themselves and they should be in control of their own lives, if all of those people got together and worked together towards towards some type of common goal, what, what do you think it would, would, what would it look like? I think it would look like my TV series. That's basically the the point. It would look my TV series is called Liberty. It would look like what liberty is supposed to be, what we believe it to be. And I'm just one part, I hope, a useful part that allows and takes a different tack, being an actor, you know, you know, in, in the industry and whatever, to be able to say, look, people, there is a light. I see it. This is a way. Is it the way? Is it the best way? I don't know. But it's a way to move out of this pendulum paradigm. Mm-hmm. Did you? Uh, I can't remember if you said. Did you always have these beliefs? Did you come from a different side of the aisle? Or um, how, yeah, no. So I was that? I was raised Catholic. Uh, I'm the oldest son of ten kids. Oh wow! Uh, and so I I don't know that I I guess I always had deep down probably libertarian you know tendencies. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily know about it. I didn't know too much. You're liberty um, curious, biggest, as we call it on the podcast. Liberty yeah, curious. Yeah, perfect. Okay. <laughs> liberty curious. I always believed in the forefathers and know they were doing the right thing and they really fought for principles and, you know, loved all that. I mean, you know, being an actor, I'm the, the typical, you know, I want to, you know, the good guy wins and, you know, this whatever type of thing. So, um, but no, the biggest sea change for me, literally changing and really opening up and understanding more is Dave Champion's uh, Income Tax Shadow in the Myths. Tell me a little bit about uh, about how you how you grew up. You know where where you where you grew up, and you know were you were you wealthy? Were you poor? Were you in the middle? What you know what was it yeah, like? Yeah, no. So we were we were you know middle class, maybe I guess upper middle class. 
raised one of 10 kids. I graduated from Kansas City Art Institute as a painter. That's actually one of my pieces nice, right behind nice. me uh, in um, 1996. So, uh, and then I moved to South Korea. I was there for three years teaching English, my first experience abroad. Uh, my ex-wife is American now, but she is uh, of South Korean heritage. Uh, so she, I believe, is still in the Navy. She's in the U.S. Navy. She's, uh, you know, we haven't talked since, nice. you know, 2007. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my current wife is Brazilian, uh, and uh, I met her in San Diego. And so we moved here in 2011. And uh, yeah, so um, as far as I, mean, I was raised religiously, I'm very much agnostic at this point. Um, I do believe that there's, you know, there's something greater than me, which is why I like to work towards that and collaborate working towards that. Uh, but I, I, I can't stand organized religion in, in any form. Uh, I was kind of the same. It, the organized religion is what really kind of pushed me, just kind of pushed me away. I felt like it wasn't, the, they weren't working towards the, the right things I, I felt yeah. like. And once I started seeing, once I started seeing my local churches in my small area buy like $200,000 sound systems and stuff like that, I was just like, uh, I don't know. I just can't, uh, I can't. Go no, there and a, watch that. There's a like, lot of hypocrisy yeah, there. I just a couldn't lot. do it. So, um, I'm the, sorry. It, it really, it really bothered me a lot. Honestly, it was one of my local churches spending about two hundred thousand on a sound system that made me stop going to church all the time. Like the that and and that is not the effect they should have had when they did that. No, like, no. where did that that two hundred thousand should have gone to the community? Come I know on. it should have gone. So I mean, good lord, they should have sent it to care packages to Africa or something like that. They should have yeah, done should have done something like that, but. Um, any, anyway, we can talk for a whole hour about that kind of stuff, I'm sure. But were your, uh, were your parents, um, political at all? Did you go up like, hearing about politics or uh, any of that kind of stuff? No, no, I don't think that they were as, no, not as political as I am. I guess I've been radicalized yeah. <laughs> to, to, yeah. to say it extremely, I guess, to some extent. Um, but no, that my, my dad, my father, before he died, he died in 2008. He actually did run for like a city position or a local position. He wasn't successful, unfortunately, but I think he had, They've always been very principled people, um, rather devout. My father, in fact, was in the seminary when he met my mother. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> but you know, what yeah. is that? Anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. So they, I think they were. They've always been very principled people. My mother, thankfully, is still alive, um, and so she's doing well. But yeah, she's very, very just you know frustrated with the whole thing. And it's 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 she's the type of person that falls within the group that I'm trying to help and say. There is a way because she feels so disillusioned, just like I do. We complain about it all the time. The kind of people who are predisposed to those beliefs, but don't really know how to put it into action, don't know what the next steps are, don't don't know where to go yeah. from here. Yeah. They can't they can't see a clear path because basically it looks like no matter what you do, you're screwed. Yeah, I mean that's you know, and I don't I don't I feel that every day. Trust me, I do feel that, but I don't absolutely believe that's true. Yeah. Well, I didn't either. I mean, if I did, I would jump off a cliff somewhere. I mean, that, that's it. Yeah, you know, if sure. I truly believe that now in the short term, I think we're screwed. But uh, but I, sure. I do have a long term, a long term vision that, of course, Absolutely. Uh, that, that has to be po it has to be positive. I can't I can't. Yes. I can't think any other I way. Consider myself, so. <laughs> I consider myself to be a very pessimistic optimist. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> a very and a radical anarchist. <laughs> One of my favorite books. I don't know if you've ever read Robert Heinlein's The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. No, I haven't. Fantastic book. <laughs> Fantastic book. Um, very libertarian. I'm, I'm curious because you seem to have a very, very strong work ethic, very strong drive. 
Um, and I, and I know that because of our email correspondence, I know that you have a very strong drive towards, towards what you're doing. Did you get that from your parents? Were they really hard workers and what they did? Yeah, no. Well, okay. So my father was, he used to build boats before there was, before there was AutoCAD or whatever. So he was, he was on big, you know, factory floors with a big, you know, pencil and mm-hmm. whatever. So he's, he's done a lot of building. Building boats and construction later, architecture in CAD was pretty much what he did most of his life. Uh, my mother was, was of course, a housewife most mm-hmm. of the time, but she's also a teacher and has been a teacher for, for many, many years. Right now, she's a uh, kind of like um, an assistant para, right? So where she helps the more difficult kids, right? So she focuses on that, but, he, but she helps teachers. So um, so that's that's what they did. And of course, being from a family of 10, right? This is why everybody complains. Right? It's like, John, you eat too fast. Don't you enjoy your food? It's like, yeah, that's why I eat so fast because I enjoy my food. Hello. <laughs> uh, you know, because I mean, it's, it's the survival of the fittest, right? It's almost like you know, you grew up you're in there, a prison. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you, you don't mess around. You want something, get your ass, you know, yeah. get out there and go, go do it. You know? Uh, you know, you grew up with a what sounds like a couple couple pretty hard workers and do you have any do you have any stories that you remember from them or lessons that you learned from them growing up that uh you think uh, kind of shaped the way that you that you are right now i know that's kind of a if you haven't really thought oh, about it before like you know what what sure, especially of... especially my father no i mean like i say he was running for a you know bit of a very local political position you know just a, just a little while before he died um you know and uh I think I think they've always not necessarily like you know no you have to go out and you know whatever but they've definitely instilled you know principles in us responsibility. I'm oh my daughter right I, I raised my daughter the same way I was raised right which is you know I love Brazil don't get me wrong but Brazilian culture is very they're very lazy when it comes to this <laughs> they'll let their kids do anything they freaking want and the state of the country proves that that's getting worse yeah, and worse yeah. and worse. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm from the United States and, and by God, my child is going to learn, you know, to be consistently responsible. And she, and she is. Are you expatriated by the way? Are you, are you expatriated? Or uh, are you... Well, as far as I'm going to have, do I still have U.S. citizenship yeah, yeah. and all that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Some people, we yeah, interviewed the, we interviewed, interviewed the guy from the, you know, the expat money show. And it's been making us think about the whole expat lifestyle and all that. And you're saying you're, yes, you know, and I, I love, I love the idea, but at this, I mean, that does not, it's not cheap. You can't, no, <laughs> you know, no, it's, I'm sorry, from an economic standpoint, I just can't expatriate myself. Absolutely. No, just the headache, the difficulty, the cost to your marriage or, you know, whatever it, because so would you say that the the lesson of uh, you know personal responsibility and all that from your you got that you were taught that from your parents and you've tried to yeah. teach that to your daughter also like uh, is that is that the main quality that people need when they're growing up or when they're living yeah. as a yes. personal responsibility I absolutely I absolutely think so because I told my daughter in very explicit terms look Julia is her name who is the most important person in your life guess what you you are the most important person in your life now Again, this is where we were talking about before. People would talk about like, oh, that's so selfish. No, no. It's all about being personally responsible. Don't depend on anybody to help you. Okay, I don't mean to say that we can never have solidarity. We can never have fraternity. We can't. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying you can't guarantee that through something like a governmental you know, agency. Yeah. No, it has you being responsible yourself, being capable and looking carefully to see who you can work with, who is also very, you know, uh, uh, very responsible, very independent, 
but also understands that no, we do need to work together to make you know big bridges and constructions and, and wonderful technology and all this kind of stuff. Great. But I have always said, you know, to myself, I guess, I what I'm raising my daughter to be is very independent in the sense of I always want her to want me around, but I don't want her to need me around. Yeah. Yeah. You you want everything to be to to be voluntary and not dependent and uh and you know, you're talking about working on these big projects and everything. Oh, it'd be great. Those are fine if we all want to work together on that. I want it to be voluntary. I want it to be so beneficial and so valuable that we all do it voluntarily and not and not yes. through force. You know? No, exactly. That's the point. It's like, look, we will all benefit. As they say, a rising tide floats all boats. And as we were talking about before, true liberty, anybody who understands what liberty really is, would never be selfish in the way so many people think of selfishness. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, have you have you read much or looked into much of what Ayn Rand talked about with selfishness at, at all? The, she's, the way that she talks about uh, I, it. Yeah, just, I, I haven't read a lot of a lot of her work I know about. Yeah, you know, um, I support the, there's says. a couple short essays and collections from her. I'll send you over some of the names of them. But this, this idea uh, that you're talking about is, I think, very important when it comes to that. Because when people hear selfish, they think that you're going to do everything for yourself, uh, at, at even if it's to the detriment of other people, basically. It's all to help you. And that's not really what people are thinking about. I always no. go back to this super simple idea, which is you're, you're, you're in a plane, you lose cabin pressure, the masks come down. What do they tell you to do? If you have a small child or someone who needs yes. help, you put your mask on first, and then you yes. help that person. And it's that exactly. it is that simple because if you try to help them first, you might you might pass, pass out, out and then you can't help them and then exactly. both of you are gone. And exactly. And that is it. this what, what Mark Twain was saying. Become a man of value. Yeah. You're valuable to that other person because that other person can't reach the mask. They're a little kid. Okay. So and then you know, yes, it's it's objective common sense. I think it's not common in the sense of it should be common, right? But it's yeah, the subjective reality, and this is my point. I don't care about being right. I care about what is right. And that comes from an objective base. I just want to help as many people, and myself, of course, myself, hello, and my daughter and my family, right? You know, to, to get on that track where we're all working together because guess what? We're all going to benefit from it. Yeah. And, and you can't, none of you can benefit if, if no one takes care of themselves, then no one's going to be able to benefit, really. Yes. That, that's kind of the whole idea. Uh, but it's so difficult. It's like talking to, you know, a concrete wall or, you yeah. know, talking, to, you know, playing chess with pigeons. I love that expression. <laughs> you know, this idea of, you know, evidence and facts and reality just doesn't seem to matter to these people. Mm -mm. It's all, it's all completely subjective and emotion based these days. Yes. Uh, you've got to, people, uh, think you know they they feel the emotion they have about a subject and then they they only approach the solutions based on what can make this emotion go away and and that's really it and what what is that you know i feel bad for that person therefore i'm going to do anything to fix that right there just so i don't feel bad for that person anymore like i have a friend who is a a heroin addict what can i yeah. do to and they're and they have a they're having a tough time they're over there in the corner of the room they're sweating they're shaking mm -hmm. around. They're having a terrible time. What can I do to fix this right now? I'll just give them some heroin. Mm -hmm. Problem solved. <laughs> yes. but, but that's not helping no, them. No, that's not actually helping them. That's actually just no. helping you. 
It's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it, that exactly. And it's so clear. I don't understand how people can misunderstand that. It's yeah. absolutely crystal clear. There's no confusion. I don't understand how everybody can be confused about that. Yeah. And there's actually, um, oddly enough, I'd never thought of it before, but, um, Kobe Bryant wrote this letter to himself. He wrote a letter to his 18 year old self. Um, when, once he, uh, achieved all the things that he achieved, and one of he was trying to give his 18 year old self advice. Of course, uh, what he was trying to do was give other people that were 18 advice. And sure. and uh, and basically, what he was saying was, uh, all your family members that you're just paying for everything for them, you're giving them all your money away, you're doing all this stuff. Is that you might think that you're helping them, but you're actually you're actually not helping them. You're you're yes. actually you're actually hurting them because you're not allowing them to achieve things on their own, to live their own lives. He actually said, you just giving away all of your money to your family and all that, he said, that's actually selfish on your part because the only person that's helping is you because it's just yes. making you feel better. And mm -hmm. and you're not actually helping your family when, oh. when you do this. And I was just like, man, that's, uh, you know, I would have loved to talk some politics with you, man, because the, this yeah. is such a brilliant, I mean, yeah, have you seen his? Uh, he won his short film "I Basketball" won an Oscar. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's, there's a, there's, I think it's on YouTube. I found it on YouTube. It's, I think it's called "I Basketball" or "Two Basketball." It's, it's a homage. It's an homage, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, to that. But it, he talked. I think he talks. He might even briefly um, mentions something like what you were saying. But yeah, I remember hearing about that. And yeah, he seemed like a great guy, man. Yeah, he he. He really did. He actually seemed like he had some some pretty some, some pretty good ideas. He went through some tough stuff, and it seemed like he had kind of learned, really kind of learned from it. But um, yeah, yeah. There's some some it's great. Sad. I mean, why can't I'm sorry. I don't wish anybody necessarily you know, harm or yeah. death. But there are a lot of people around there's the world who, who I would certainly pick before him. There's a lot of other people that I would have rather been in the helicopter. Is the way yeah, that, I, that absolutely. I would say. Yeah. I mean, and then his young daughter. I mean, yeah. No. Oh yeah, it's terrible. That I mean, freaking 2020, man. Um, it's so. What is it You're like down there? Hell. What's it like in Brazil with with the pandemic? What What are things like? Are you pretty shut down? Are they real strict? Are they really relaxed about it? What's What's going on? Well, it's it's kind of a mix. I I believe uh, Rio. I because I live in Belo Horizonte, and uh, I think Rio. I guess in the past, I guess technically everything's more open now. Um, there's still, you know, a lot of people wearing masks and, you know, all this other sort of kind of stuff. Um, there's a, there's a, actually a mayoral election this year here in the city I'm in, Belo Horizonte. Um, and so I don't know if Khalil, the guy who's, who's in now is going to be, you know, reelected or not, but, mm -hmm. uh, I think he seems to might, he, he seems to be relaxing on a lot of this stuff now, uh, maybe because it's so close to the election. I, I don't know. Um, but, but overall, I think it's it's just a slight different degree. I don't think anybody, I wish Brazil, I wish the United States, I wish so many people had, so many places had just simply done what Sweden did. But, yeah. but Sweden, the only one who did that. Apparently. Yeah. So. yeah, it's a, uh, and it's crazy now seeing, seeing the who come out and talk about how, you know, we shouldn't be using lockdowns. And then you see oh. that Sweden's, you know, their daily deaths just keep going down and their economy is going to be in the best shape out of, out of everyone. They're not yeah. going to be perfect because they are a really big import economy. And if they can't import things because other people aren't making things, then, th then they could have an issue. But um, it, it's still, they're set up a lot better than, than other people. Yes. Do you see there uh, in Brazil, I know they've had a bit of a, a, a bit of a rough time over the last, over the last few years. 
you know, with their with their well, economy yeah, well, and everything. Because the last before um, our current president uh, Jair Bolsonaro, um, it was it was PT, the Pechista, the, the you know basically the communist, socialist, collectivist, whatever ism you want to talk. It's all the same BS. They were in power for twelve years uh, because of uh, Lula and then of course Dilma. Um, so yeah, Bolsonaro is very much like Trump. He was elected because of the fact that people were so sick of all the BS. And so they, of course, of course, they didn't take a middle way. No, 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 no. Let's not actually exercise good sense. No, no, no. Let's go the complete opposite and keep the pendulum going, shall yeah. we? And it's just going to keep going yeah. uh, back yes. and forth harder and harder is really all yes. that ends up and this happening. Is, this is what I don't understand. I don't care about Trump. I don't care about Biden. I think they're both garbage. Yeah. I don't care about Bolsonaro. I don't care. No, they're all garbage. I just want, I would rather vote for a chimpanzee who can effectively communicate that, no, 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 okay. Hey, I think liberty is probably the way to go. Let's try some compromise, shall we? Yeah. If a, if a, if a chimpanzee would only sign laws that were in accordance with the constitution, then I would, then I would vote for them. (laughs) Yes, basically. So, I mean, I'm voting now because George Jorgensen is the only one that's even close. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, her and Spike Cohen, I'm definitely on media, social media saying, yeah, Liberty, let's go all the, all the way then. You know, I support them. Absolutely. I, uh, Uh, I I love, you know, we talked to Joe once we've talked to Spike a couple of times and man, I'm so, I'm actually, I'm not a member of the party anymore. My talking point mm-hmm. on that is always uh, Ron Paul brought me into the Libertarian Party and Nick Sarwark pushed me out of it. And <laughs> and so I'm out of the party. Uh, but Spike Cohen does give me some hope for the future of the party because you listen to him talk about these ideas and messaging and, and all of this. Spike is amazing when it comes to to all yeah. this stuff. So he's just uh, he's just really good. And uh, and honestly, um, just, uh, you know, off off podcast here, but, um, I, if you ever want to, like, if you wanted to try and talk to him about what you're doing, we have really good contact with him too. So, yeah. So, so that's, uh, he would be someone he's very, very ideological when it comes to these ideas. He's not just a politician out there saying stuff. Because from an economic Mm -hmm. standpoint, if I can find an investor or investors who understand that, look, you're going to get five times your value here in Brazil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You don't have to invest that much. Yeah. You know, five times your value, and we can do a lot with that. Yeah, that is true. When you do the when you do the conversions on the money there, it's a. I'm sure it's pretty that's different. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, you know, true. I spent I spent fifteen thousand reais, and a, a very kind friend of mine put in ten thousand of that, but that's like two thousand bucks. Yeah. Which, from the U.S. standpoint, people are like you spent lamp. That's nothing. You know, well, that's why Charlie, uh, I wish he was here to talk on this, but um, he started the he helped start a company in Peru uh, that was a travel company. And uh, they had gone to Peru and and wanted to do it. But when they saw what the conversion rate was there for the money, they realized that they could start a business there and spend like maybe maybe a thousand U.S. dollars total and have this like fully operational company in Peru going. Yeah. And so now they have people that they're paying that are in Peru and in U.S. dollars, it's it's like nothing, and they're getting yeah. paid better than almost everyone there in the in the city where they exactly. are. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, now, I don't yeah. agree with the manipulation of money. I think that that's completely you know wrong. But it is a situation which is a reality, and yeah. by all means, I'm happy to you know not quote unquote take advantage of, it, but it's just a reality I can't control. So I'm just you know telling people that those who want to invest, it's worth your it's worth your money. Get in some uh, what is that arbitrage? That's what the what that's called. I guess uh, I'm okay. pretty sure when you're when you're doing that. Um, so 
let's see, what were we talking about before we went down to? Um, uh, you mentioned you were going to send me some Ayn Rand links or Ayn Rand. Yeah, links. so we were talking about selfishness and uh, and going through on that. We talked we talked about your parents. So I was just making sure we could uh, go through this. Oh, and we were talking about the pandemic. That's that's what it yes. was going mm -hmm. going through that. So yeah. um, is it as divided down there? First off, I'll ask: Do you think we're more divided right now than what you've than what you've seen when it comes along political lines? No, no, we couldn't have been more. No, we've never been this divided. Yeah, and I don't think that that's that's country. I think that's it's everywhere. It's the world. Yeah, yeah, it's uh... which is which is precisely why I'm sorry I keep pitching it, but my TV <laughs> series is a perfect opportunity because it's trying to find a balance to that pendulum. Yeah, um, when we talk about people who are on the left side, uh, we were talking about Bernie Sanders a little bit there at the beginning. Mm -hmm. What do you? What type of what are your thoughts towards people like that? What do you think they're actually working towards? Do you think there are evil intentions in some? Do you think that they have good intentions but terrible ideas? Like, where do you yes. say emotionally right. come down on how you feel about those people? Okay, well, I think that goes back to that uh, that percentage kind of pie chart we mm -hmm. were kind of talking about before. I would probably say on both sides, right? Whether it's the right, the left, of course. Are there evil? Well, there are evil people among libertarians, whatever. There are evil people, absolutely. There are evil people but they are the vast minority. So excluding them, are there people who truly believe that they're doing the right thing? Yes, on both sides. Do they truly understand because they've actually done any research or you know, really introspectively looked at what they're doing to see whether it's good or bad or not? You know, there's a lot of people in, in a whole range of you know, categories there. And that's precisely what I'm, what I'm talking about with my project is this idea of, look, I understand that there are people who are just never going to, you know, to be converted, so to speak, because they've already decided. Now, is that purely because they're evil or purely because they're just, you know, you know so willing to believe whatever you know, BS they've convinced themselves of that they're never willing to hear anything to the contrary? I don't know. There's a mixture, sure. But I'm interested in the, the vast majority of people because I think the percentage is much larger that the vast majority of people certainly are not evil. They truly believe that they're trying to do the right thing. They want to do the right thing, but they're very being misled by so many sources in so many ways or, or just not having the wherewithal to discern and say, well, no, 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 I, I know this is wrong. I know that the principles are right. Let's, let's, let's stick with the principles and see where that guides us. Do you think it comes so, yeah, from a more short-term mindset than a than a more long-term, deeper? Absolutely. Like you know, yes. think about these yeah. policies. Like, okay, well, this maybe could fix this problem this month, right now. But what about the long-term <laughs> effects? You know? well, exactly. There's there's very little long-term thinking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you I think, see that. I'm with, sorry. That, that's see. part of just like you were describing, right? The heroin addict, my friend. You know, how can I how can I make this problem go away so that I feel like I did something? Okay, I'll just give him some heroin. Boom, yeah. done. No, it, it's yeah. It's short term. It's it's beyond short term, and that's what's so sad because because again, nobody is at that. Not nobody. I'm I know there are many many people who are doing better jobs than I am. You know who are really trying. You guys are an example of doing a fantastic job. I know there are millions of people out there, but it just feels like we're the minority and we're so disconnected, right? And very few people are coming together on the same objective page to really say, look, this is the objective reality. This is what we both can agree on. Now, how do we go from there together? Do you think uh, if we tried to find some some type of common goal that we would be able? Because one thing I think we have an issue with is we can't even agree on what the goal is at the end of the yes. day. 
You know, so right. how are we ever going to work I'm, together if we can't decide what no, the goal exactly. is? And that's what I'm yeah. talking about, talking at cross purposes. Yeah. Right. This idea of I've already decided what my, you know, what my end result's going to be. Maybe you've already, you know, whatever. And we're not really listening. I'm guilty of that. Like anybody else, I get that. I'm a human being. Right. But I, I know there are people who truly want, they want to listen. It's like, I, I don't know. I think this is the right answer, but I just don't know. I want to work with other people who also don't know for sure but who have something to contribute because it's so easy to just, Oh, this is all broken. This is not going to work and offer no solution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. Tell me about some of your uh, back back on, on you for a second, but you have any, uh, you've obviously you've, you've got a lot of ambitions. You're working towards a big project right now. What are some of your big successes that you consider you've had? And then have you done anything that you think is just totally fallen on it on its face and just, flat out failed that you learned from after that, like successes and failures. Like if you could think of what those um, were. Well, I, I obviously I failed at many, many, many things. In fact, daily, I feel like this project <laughs> that I'm trying to get forward is failing miserably. Um, you know, but I believe in the project, you know, I believe in Liberty uh, and I believe that there must be, you know, and I believe that now is a very important time Mm-hmm. Because I do believe there are a lot of people, you know, um, who probably feel the same way that I do. So I, I would say that this project actually is probably, obviously, I have success. I have a beautiful daughter. Hopefully, I'm doing well. She's going to be successful in her later life. Um, you know, my marriage not so not so good. But <laughs> it, anyway, uh, moving on. Um, but um, you know, hopefully, I, I, you know, those things, you know, they 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 come and go. But I personally feel that this project is is essentially what I've been what I was meant to do. I. I, I I mean, if I can explain it any simpler than that, I, yeah. I really believe that, you know, everything has pointed me towards this. And now I'm actually conscious of it. I'm taking control and I'm really trying to push it forward the best way I can. And you also so, said you've done, you, you, you're an actor. So you've done some acting sure. gigs and stuff like that. I mean, what, have you done some commercials or yeah, anything so like that? I have, well, I've done a national commercial for Garoto. It's a, it's a chocolate manufacturer, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, I can send you links to all kinds of stuff if you're interested. Yeah, if you want to send me um, the whole yeah. thing, that's fine. Yeah, no, cool. That, that some your, some um, your one I, sheet. <laughs> yeah, so I, I worked with uh, Daniel Juanivera, who is a, a very famous Brazilian actor um, on a national film. I'm working on this project that's very international with Global and Sony uh, Pictures uh, called The Angel of Hamburg um, with Sophie Charlotte, another actor I'm working with, Rodrigo Lombardi. I have worked with uh, Scott Wilson very briefly as an extra. Um, I actually worked as an extra with Bruce Dern. Um, I don't know how he's doing now. That was many, many, many years ago. Um, you know, so, I mean, I've worked with, you know, some very, very small, you know, not necessarily well-known projects, but I, yeah, I would say I'm successful at that. I'm, I'm having more success here uh, because I'm different. I'm a gringo, right? So I'm, I'm differentiated here, which helps. Um, yeah. So things are, you know, things could, could be better, I guess, because of this pandemic, you know, whatever, but I'm, I'm probably more successful here than I would be in the United States. Yeah. I got a personal uh, question for you because I've had my run-ins with stuff like all kinds of stuff like that too. But like when you were doing, when you did have those projects that you got and you went and worked on them, did you feel like those were successes at that time? Did you, were you happy about those or were you always just kind of, this isn't what I want. This is great. But, uh, you know, did you ever actually consider those successes in the moment there? No, I you know most of the things that I've done, I think I've been very fortunate to, because I think as an actor, you, and maybe other, you're, you're a musician, so I'm sure you guys feel you know similar, but this idea that every project is just a fantastic opportunity to practice, to get to be in the room, 
to you know to to have the opportunities to to be involved with it. I've always said I would rather spend like eighteen hours on a set just sitting there mm-hmm. than eight hours in an office. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So just being involved with it, I think, is 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 wonderful to me. Of course, as actors, we're also um, very self conscious and always like, oh man, I suck, and oh man, this is the worst. And blah, blah, blah. You know, so we're constantly going you know back and forth. So I deal with that like so many other people do um, all the time. But no, overall, I think I've been 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 very happy with the things I've been able to do. So. Yeah, good, good. I, I had uh, the one, I was randomly in a commercial one time for with my band, and uh, what I found was all the stuff, anytime I would achieve something that, uh, you know, if I would have told my high school self that I would have done one of those things, I would have I would have done it over and over again, wouldn't change a single thing. I'd be like, oh my God, you're telling me I was going to do that? Of course I'm going to go towards this. Uh, what are you talking about? When I was in the moment, I was the depressed as hell didn't care about it whatsoever like i was like oh man this is this is something but you know what this is probably the biggest and best it's ever going to get and it's all downhill from here and that's and that's See, how i felt every that's time the, but that's exactly what artistic mindsets feel we're constantly like this idea of an actor right love me i'm not good enough love me i'm <laughs> yeah. not good enough. But, you know yeah, it's seriously. Yeah, it is. We deal with that every day, every yeah. minute of every day. Yeah, that's no, true. But we press on because it's what we're meant to do. Yeah, it's like during the you know when you're for a musician, like you're you're at a show and you're playing it, and there's people there, and you're like, yeah, I'm just awesome, you know, like there's wind blowing in my hair and stuff, and then you go back to your room at night, and you're like, I fucking suck, like everyone hates me, this is terrible, you know, like oh, and that's just kind of how you. That's, I yes. don't know what it is about that mindset, but it just kind of seems. To I know. Be- I don't know. As a singer myself, I sing. I don't play, but you know, I also sing as well. And yeah, it's man. It's because as much as I sing, I can be a front man, but I hate interacting with the audience. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> but I love to sing. I love to sing. So it's just it's this constant. You know, like if I was in this, I've been in studios recording CDs, you know, whatever, or you know, on set or whatever. You do you do a take. And the producer's like, you know, and you're like, man, that was great. How about that? And they're like, eh. And then, and then you're, you know, you do something and you think, man, that was the worst thing in the world. And they're like, man, that was awesome. It's like, why does that happen? Yeah. No. So as an actor, I've gotten to the point where I just say, look, director, are you happy? Okay, you're happy. I'm done. Because <laughs> I can't, I can't trust myself. That's their job. Yeah, no, their I did my job, obviously. Yeah. So. yeah you okay. do your job. They'll do theirs. So say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a leftist. So we'll just say that I'm a socialist or something like that. And you tell me about some of your ideas. And my response is, you don't care about people and you're okay with seeing people not have health care and people seeing homeless people on the streets and people can't afford their houses. Like you're obviously a bad person. That's what, that's what you are. Um, Tell me why that's obviously, I'm not saying that. Tell me why that's not true. Well, I would hope to think because I'm a very emotional person. So I might actually convince them that's true by beating the credit. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, I am, I am an emotional person. So I, this is probably my weakest part uh, my biggest character flaw is that I I want to reason and I and I often maybe I can reason but I just uh, so it's it's very difficult but obviously to prove that that's not true I would just try to you know try to basically tell them the talking well you say this no I want the same thing but what is that that meme going around I don't know who actually said it uh, but it's very very common uh, this idea of, well just because I don't want the government to do it doesn't mean I'm against it yeah yeah. I mean, so that would be probably the, the, the best, most logical talking point. Say, look, I totally agree with what you want to do. This is, this is your end result. The question is, how do we get there? Yeah, yeah. 
right? Totally, and how can totally we work agree. together to get there? That is the best way to talk to people. We found we did a couple um, we did a couple speeches for Young Americans for Liberty, and that is exactly what we talked about: was how to talk to other people that you had disagreements with, and and then we used that. We went to Politicon and we went around. Of course, we have a big banner that says BernieLies.com on it, and it was Politicon. <laughs> and Politicon is mixed up with with all. It was actually mostly leftists that that were there, and so people would come up, you know, them fighting words like ready to go with us, you know, and. And so the what we found with them was we would say, so what's your main thing? And they'd say, well, healthcare is too expensive. And I was like, you're right. Healthcare is too expensive. Of course it is. I agree. I just had a surgery. I had to pay cash for it last year. And that thing was freaking expensive. I just had another, I had my appendix taken out and the surgeon, you know, the bill was $26,000 for the thing. And it was a, it was a 30 minute surgery. Of course, healthcare, healthcare is too expensive. I completely agree with you. 100%. Now, uh, here's what I think we could do, and let me name off a couple things we could do to to decrease that. You know where where the government went, and then the, what we found is when you get yourself on that same level playing field with the people, where you both agree, start off with agreeing on something, agree about this, yes, and then that's what I'm talking about. And then let's go to how do I want to fix it? How do you want to fix it? We both agree, which means we're not evil people that want to kill each other. We both agree yes. on the same problem. You know? Exactly. That's the objective plane that I was referring yeah. to, this idea. And we could stop talking at cross purposes, right? Because as you said, it's all about emotion. It's all, you know, fear. It's, it's just so many things it's like, look, I want to work together with you. Absolutely. And we both agree that the net result should be this. Absolutely. The question is, <laughs> how do we get there? Right. And so, yeah, that's where that's exactly what my project is meant to fill the niche for, because I don't think anybody's doing that, bringing these people together in such a way that we can, as a group, as a people, as a connected world, we're talking on Zoom, you know, from different countries, blah, 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 you know, to figure this stuff out. Yeah. It'd be great to say, uh, let's, let's, uh, me, you know, you and a leftist, you get together and you say, uh, what's the problem we can agree on? Well, let's just say it's healthcare. We both agree it's too expensive. All right. Let's talk okay. about solutions on this. Uh, where no one has to take any uh, actions against any other people to to fix this problem. Maybe you reduce some actions that have been taken against other people, or what are some of the ideas where you wouldn't have to to go through the government? Let's just not even talk about how the government could fix this. Yeah, what's something exactly. we could do as people to fix this, or what's something that other people could do to fix this, and just see if they could come up with any ideas that weren't will make a law that says healthcare is affordable you know but yeah no no we just said don't talk about government <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah so no okay i get that we could just stamp a, a thing on it says uh expensive healthcare is illegal like uh, we could do that let's assume that we're not going to have the government do that uh and that it wouldn't work <laughs> if we did because <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't but um but yes. what if we just talked about other things that we could do to try and solve this problem that didn't involve them them doing things and maybe we could just talk yes. about that for a minute you know exactly That's, and that would be great but of yeah. course both sides can become very entrenched mm -hmm. and of course unfortunately neither of the extremes will offer any actual evidence of like no i can point to a point in history where this worked and this is where it went wrong and blah, blah. no this is that's the difficulty. That's why it's playing chess with pigeons on either side. <laughs> and the, the pointing to history, I'm sure you've noticed, it, it doesn't pointing to any other examples of failure. Uh, the, it doesn't really doesn't really work in, these days, anyway. Because you know, Russia 
Well, they failed because Stalin was such a terrible person, right? They failed because Stalin was evil, and and China failed because Mao was evil, and Cambodia failed because Pol Pot was a murderer, and Venezuela failed because Maduro is a dictator. So when you talk about history, I've found that the history stuff, it just doesn't work anymore because everyone thinks that what happened was the wrong person got in control, and if the right person would have stayed in control, then everything would have been fine. And <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> but you can't guarantee that. And that's been one of my most valuable things with uh, Bernie saying, I always use Bernie because Bernie is the, the quintessential, just, he just represents the ideology so perfectly. So um, Bernie, we use him, but okay, sure. Let's get Bernie in and he's going to fix this stuff. Who's after Bernie? Can you tell me who's after him? Do you want Donald Trump Jr. running your healthcare? Is that what you want? Like, do you actually want that? Like, can you guarantee me right now that someone exactly like Bernie Sanders is going to be in control for the rest of my life and the rest of my kid's life and the rest of my grandkid's life? Can you guarantee me that Sanders right now? Bernie Sanders is not a young man. No. So. And so the, the idea there is, well, no. Okay, well, then how can you tell me that that, that the structure should have control over my life, my kid's lives, my grandkid's lives, and so on? Yes. And you don't even know who's going to be in control of it. How exactly. Do you, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. But that's. But that's the thing. Is unfortunately, sense. You know, rash, rationale and reason are not common these days. No, they're, they're not no. from either side. I don't, you know, this is the problem. Yeah, it, it really and it, because it, it's all a, it's all emotional. It's all subjective and emotional. Is is what I found. And I mean, exactly. obviously, I mean, people are emotional. My wife always tells me because I tell her, well. Uh, libertarians, we don't think emotions first. And she says, yeah, you do. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, you're very emotional about liberty. <laughs> okay, I'm great. Like, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a really I've said, point. I've said I'm emotional as well. And I'm definitely yeah. emotional about liberty. Sure. <laughs> so, so maybe we do think emotions first. It's just an emotion about a different thing. But... No, but, and it's emotion about not so much a person or a particular mm -hmm. answer. It's a, it's about a principle. Yeah. Yeah. Right, which are timeless. They're principles precisely because they're timeless. The principle needs to be timeless. Unfortunately, principles are subjective these days. That's a, that's all they are. It's whatever. Well, then, yeah, but it's, they yeah. can't be applied to a, a, to anything. And so every single situation has its own has its own principle and its own set of rules. And and I get to decide which what must, that is. Which must be absolutely universally false because everything can be brought down to a universal thing. And that, mm -hmm. that one of the closest universal things absolutely is liberty. Yeah. If people own themselves. That's, yes. How about that? Human, the, yeah. like I own myself. That is my, that's what I always boil it all the way down to. Like, can you, yes. can you tell me I don't? Okay. Well, if I do, yeah. then how does that fit inside of what you're trying to do right now? Exactly. And like, I guess I, I learned recently because Dave Champion is uh, one of the quote, one of his quotes is on my tattoo on my back, along with Gandhi. Um, but this idea of he summed it up. And I guess it's a summation of a Thomas Jefferson you know, letter. I didn't know that. Uh, but anyway, he talks about how liberty is simply freedom constrained only by the obligation to respect the equal rights of others. That's it. Which is you own yourself. That's yeah, all it, it is. is. It's you own yourself. That's that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> and we can work together, but you can't tell me what I can or cannot do in my sphere. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I'm somehow infringing on you in some 
empirically provable way, that's where we can have a discussion. Well, because right. then you violated the principle of that person owning themselves. And, exactly. since, and since everyone owns themselves, you can't stop someone else from owning themselves too. Yeah. Another so. way I heard about it is that <laughs> your rights, right? Yeah. And at the edge of my nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, a... Right? Uh, I can't remember what... It has something to do with a fist and it's like my right to... I can't remember what the exactly the way yeah, that that's said. But, phrased, I know, but it's I know exactly the sphere of owning yourself. So right? uh, that's why, that's why when it comes to social distancing, which, okay, I think is a completely ludicrous practice, but it fits in the sense of a liberty-minded person because yeah. I'm going to respect your space because yeah. I want you to respect my... It's just automatic and I don't need a government to tell me that. Yeah, but really your space is just kind of you know, an inch away from your body and the ability of you to move freely forward with that space too. Well, exactly, but uh, I'm not well. ever going to stand in yeah. any way yeah. close to you that you may not like precisely because guess what? I'm being selfish. I don't want you to do it to me. Yeah, for instance, you can't just stand and block a roadway completely and say that anyone who comes up to you is infringing on your space because they came up no. to you because you... No just stop them from being able to move freely with, with their space. <laughs> no, exactly. You expanded your own space yeah, arbitrarily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so one more thing on just to get the sure. whole ideas out and all that. Um, right. so we're still talking to that same leftist right now. How, how will these ideas bring about the results that those leftists are ac actually want. So how will libertarianism and these ideas actually help people who need help? Is the, okay. is the well, basic I mean, question. Ideally, if they could get, and I'm speaking to the leftists in the sense of, unfortunately, they have a certain amount of responsibility on their end to take in what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> and to actually ingest it and actually think about it, which I can't control. We'll assume they're being completely uh, open-minded and they completely want to consider all options and all sides and all other ways of, of thinking politically. Okay. Yeah. So then with that in mind, it's like, basically, I like this Jerry Maguire, help me help you, right? How can I, I want to, I actively want to help you. But I want to help you. Why? For my benefit. But it's reciprocal. It's absolutely reciprocal. You're going to benefit from me helping you, but I'm going to benefit from helping you as well because you're helping me. I don't understand why that's so complicated. You know. So, so if you could, uh, and let's say you had all the money in the world and you were going to solve, like put it towards a charity or solving a problem of some kind. And let's say not... Uh, not liberty oriented. So uh, let's say you're going to put it towards a charity of helping some other people who are in need. So I've always wanted to have, um, I, it's, it's totally random because I grew up and, you know, my, my, my dad was there my mom was there. They were divorced, but I have both parents. And, uh, but I've always wanted to create something that helped uh, fatherless kids. Ah, that's a good one. That's good. Because I look at a lot of the problems uh, politically even, and uh, and socially, and you you could boil it down to racism or whatever, but I don't. I boil it down to economic conditions and and things like that. And one thing that I, when I take that all the way down, it's the amount of people who grow up in a fatherless household with no yes. good examples, and then they get put into a cycle of poverty, and then they go <laughs> through those lives, and then they eventually could become people who think that socialism is a good idea. So right. so. If I wanted to 
fix one of those triggers inside of that, you know, my thing was, well, I really wish I could, I could um, create something uh, where people wouldn't feel like they grew up without a father, even if they weren't there. You no, know, that, they, they yeah, had that. Definitely, you know what a, I mean? A very good one. I think that's an extremely good one. And not to steal that, because I can't, but it's a fantastic idea. Um, but I guess going back to the question, trying to find something, uh, something that I could do now, I guess it would be if I could, for example, have the, because I have the money, apparently, to build the technology, and I can build the technology mm -hmm. to where I can take the lessons from, you know, uh, Bastiat and, you know, whatever, and condense them into a Matrix-style <laughs> and just yeah. and say look people this is what the reality is yeah if that i mean that's certainly much more dystopian or, or far-fetched than, than your idea but, but you get but long, you still get to line. you still get to freely choose so it's not a brainwashing thing you, yeah you would be able no, exactly. to freely choose it's, it it's, you're it's aware just instantaneous getting the knowledge there yeah and yeah. then what you do with it, fine. But yeah. having it, because a lot of people simply don't have it. That's true. And I think a lot of people are just not willing to even uh, entertain the ideas of it. Yes. And a lot of people are not fear, willing. Fear. A lot of people aren't willing to uh, think about the possibility they could be wrong in, in different situations. They, they yes. only try to find ways to, to prove that they are right about what they believe. Exactly. This so. is the thing. Because it's this idea we talked about before. Okay, I know there are millions of people out there who feel the same way. I don't, and I know you don't, care about being right. It's trying to find out what is right. Yeah. Right? And so, yes, a lot of, too many people are simply invested in, no, 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 I am right. You are wrong. And that could be from any direction, right? Left, all right, all left, you yeah. know, uh, religion, whatever. It doesn't matter. But that's just so counterproductive. So it's not about you yeah. personally getting the win or being right. It's about being aligned with what is right. Exactly. Instead. That's yeah. the thing. And wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, when you step out of that box and actually put it into, look, I just want to be King Arthur. You know, might not, does not make right. It's might uh, for right. Right. Yeah. So I want to be on the side of might. Absolutely. But for the right reasons. Yeah. And and if and if we win, great. Why? Because it'll be for the right things and and supporting the right things. But I mean, it's not about the winning per se. Have you ever considered the the alternate ideas, the socialism? Have you ever? So one thing I do is uh, when I used to drive to Charlie's for work every day, I would actually uh, consider: what if I'm wrong? What if the socialists are right? I'm just going to maybe none of this is ever possible and we're always going to be living with these governments. So we got to find a way to make them the best that we possibly can. And so I'm just going to to go with this. How could I make it the best I could? And then what I do is I play out all of the different, uh, you know, industries and ideas and society and stuff like that. And, and then, of course, I end up at all these things where I'm like, that's that's not going to work. That's not possible. There's no way that. And so I end up there, but I'm willing to just completely put myself on that side and consider it and sure. think about it. Like, have you ever Which considered is, any of the, any of it? I, I, yes, I have thought maybe, maybe less deeply than some more deeply than others. I don't know. Um, but no, I mean, I've, I, cause I, and, and this goes back to the artistic personality. Oh, I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing or, you know, I suck or whatever. So I must be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, this, this type of thing. And so, yeah, I felt that way. Um, but then if some things will come up or I'll just start and I'll, and I'll go back, I'll reread books or whatever and be like, well, no, that's not 
no, I'm, I must be on the right track. It's not that I'm right. It's that I'm on the right track. So, okay, great. And so, yeah, I mean, I try to do that. I think anybody who's truly liberty-minded, forget whether they're libertarian or whatever, if they're liberty-minded, of course they do that to some degree all the time because what do they want? They want the net result of liberty. They don't necessarily want to be the one, you know, doing the home run and, you know, throwing the Hail Mary. No, they just want to be part of the part of the collaboration that gets us there. Uh, one more time, tell everyone about what it is that you are working on, where they could go to support if they want to or to follow what you're doing give me give me all that give me all that info okay so if anybody happens to know anybody or is interested in investing in the production again the economic you know return is great you know five ais to one us dollar uh, but anyway it's it's a kind of a long website because it's not its own domain name but it's liberty the series dot com forward slash liberty the series it's actually in the trailer that I, if you viewed the trailer, it's at the end, along with the Bitcoin and actually cryptocurrency links where people could donate if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, and then there's also on the site a donation button for, for, for PayPal. But libertytheseries.wixsite.com forward slash libertytheseries. Okay. You can feel free to email me at libertytheseries at gmail.com. I'm open to you know um, receiving any you know questions or you know, working together with people who might, you know, have an interest and might have a way that we can collaborate to get this all, you know, going. So that's libertytheseries at gmail.com. Um, and that's, you know, pretty much it, of course. Um, yeah, that's pretty much where you can where you can help out. <laughs>